Good evening and welcome to another wonderful episode of Phantom Talk, everyone. Thank you all so very much for joining us um, today, tonight, this morning, where, whenever you guys are listening to this. Um, my name is Vance McCarty and I am the editor-in-chief uh, here at the Phantom Correspondence. And then we also are joined by uh, Red Lanyard, Al. Hey, everybody. How's it going? We're also joined by our wonderful uh, administrative uh, social media and writer assistant. Uh, sorry, Raven. <laughs> what a title! <laughs> I know. I, I just, I just wanted to do something. You know, you you, you, const, you constantly help me out with so with so much. That's why I just wanted to do that. Uh, and then, of course, um, for this segment, we also have our guest of honor, uh, the Y Sage Josh. I kind of consider myself the Hunter S. Thompson of this group. I, that's kind of what I am. I that's I just so, randomly show up and write things every now and then. Man, yeah. what an what an that's interesting what dynamic for. for you then. Yeah. Um. We uh, we have a fantastic series that we are starting uh, starting today. Um, probably going to be going for the next couple of weeks that we're going to be doing this. Um, but before we get into that, we actually uh, had been thinking about it that this is our sixth episode. Yeah, sixth episode, I think. Um, and we actually have not um, really acknowledged some people that are that really just as essential as we are, honestly. Um, and first and foremost, that is uh, our fantastic artistic support that we have had. Um, whether it is the Phantom Correspondence logo itself by Mr. Johnny Marvel, uh, or the Phantom Talk logo, which if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, you can currently see at the very top of your screen. Uh, that was done by Mr. Wes Llewellyn. Um, that one's actually a bit more interesting because if I remember correctly, Wes actually doesn't do those anymore, which means that we have something a bit of an exclusive on that one. So I'm pretty happy about that. Um, and then, of course, also we even have, you know, our wonderful little fan art. Uh, if you guys have been following us on Instagram, um, Mr. Andrew Bueller had... Um, Given us some fantastic fan art based on uh, inspired by a game designed by me. Yeah. Okay. That's that's the best thing about. Yeah. It. Uh, what, really yeah. cool. Fall, it's fall really cool. Forgotten. Yes. Follow the forgotten. Follow the forgotten. I, here's the here's the part about. I didn't even name the game. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he came up with a name that was better than anything I could have come up with. So I mean, it was it was beautiful, beautiful. Got a got a shout out to Andrew on that one. That was great. So, so first and foremost, obviously, we, we definitely want to give you know those three guys some fantastic props. We love you all so much, and thank you all for so much you've done for us. Not even just recently, but even just in the five in the five years the fan correspondents have been around. Um, you guys have been just as much a part of this as as we have, and thank you so much for that. Um, after that, though, we also do want to uh, thank our wonderful supporters at Patreon. Um, we've had a couple different people who have been. Um, you know, making the making pledges, you know, every month and everything um, on on our page, um, and we we definitely. We, I'm not going to try and name drop anyone on that one, but we do appreciate you all so much. Um, if you guys want to be into the conversation, if you want to make requests for different podcasts, make requests for different articles, different streams that we'll be doing uh, in the future on YouTube or Twitch, then please head on over to Patreon. Um, become a supporter, and then we'd be happy to get you guys in the conversation about what we're going to be doing uh, here in the future. Um, we're always looking for new input, uh, if nothing else, and just just to help help you guys out, and you know, and kind of help us help you. You know, we'd love to we love to talk about the things that we love, but we also want to know what you guys love, and we want to be able to talk about that with you all as well. So, 
so yeah, so thank you all once again so much uh, for all that, and thank you all for all the support that you give us. Um, and uh, yeah, but moving right along into today's segment. Uh, so today we have when I when I said the wise sage was the guest of the hour. Not only is he the one who came up with this uh, segment, but he is also the first one uh, kind of testing it out for us as well. Um, and it is called Fandom Defense Court. So the basic premise is that um, the first few rounds, uh, we get to choose a character, a character that we love, a character that we we understand, we that we've thought about maybe way too much, but you know we still do it anyways. Um, and the others have been unknowingly in a Facebook messaging group, figuring out exactly what kind of questions we're going to be asking the person who is technically on trial. Okay, so today's character that Y. Sage chose is Batman, a character that uh, he believes that he has a pretty good amount of knowledge of, um, you know, in his in his time in his time, uh, both with with the Panic Correspondence and even maybe a few years before. Uh, yeah, you yeah, know. just a few. <laughs> just a few. Um, but uh, but yeah, we have been we've been working on our questions. We've been. Um, really trying to think of the best way to get kind of a conversation going because ultimately that, that's what this is. Um, I'm not always, I'm not going to say that all of our questions are going to be things that we necessarily even agree with so much as it is just trying to get your opinion on certain, certain aspects of the character that are all around the fandom. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So. Without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, I believe Raven is actually going to be asking the first question. Okay, starting yeah, us off. That. Yeah. So, Raven, why don't you go ahead and start us off whenever you're ready? All right. So, uh, yeah, this is just, I think, a question um, that everyone has. Um, you know, it's just really burning question that I just really need the answer to. Um, so, why does Batman, okay, love and use guns so much and then i also have a second part of that question okay uh does superman always have to make him a better person like do you think that's a requirement so what are, you, what are your thoughts on that a better person okay um okay this is this is a this is this was right off the bat a very cruel and leading <laughs> leading question okay so here so here's let, let's start here okay so first things first okay Batman hates guns, okay? Uh, Batman uh, does not use guns. Uh, Batman is uh, anti-gun. He is as anti-gun as Bill Brady from the Brady Bill. Uh, that's, a, that's a throwback to a politician that no one knows except for me. Uh, but that's okay. He is extremely anti-gun, okay? Well, I just... Um, and, and okay. It, it bo- yeah no 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 listen no no listen I get it I I know where you're coming from okay I understand because uh, Batman's uh, last couple exploits have been very much defined by his use of guns and explosives and things that can maim and permanently kill somebody uh, and so uh, you know to me um, the 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 question. Uh, is is more a question of an interpretation of Batman that I consider to be completely and utterly wrong. Uh, Batman does not like guns uh, because his parents were killed by a gun, and therefore he vows never to use them. Okay, um, there's very famous 
uh, comics, uh, particularly uh, famous ones by Denny O'Neill, where someone turns a gun on Batman and Batman uh, considers it not not an affront to uh, an affront to his personal character that someone would even attempt to shoot him. Uh, that's how much he dislikes guns. Um, so, so no, Batman. Batman is not a is, is not a gun user. Um, and uh, and so I would uh, I would just say that anyone who is okay with Batman using guns does not understand a fundamental aspect of who and what Batman is. Uh, so, so there's that. What was the second part of the question? The second part of the question, I believe, was uh, why does Superman always have to make him a better person? Why does Superman always have to make him a better person? Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so, you know, honestly, I don't mind this question as much as the first one. Um, a couple reasons. Because uh, I think, uh, in, in all honesty, okay, uh, I, I think Superman and Batman make each other better. Um, I think that's a that that's a that's a hallmark of the friendship of the of the two characters, is that they complete each other. They complete each other not in, in just this. I mean, there's, you know, the the whole the easy way to do it is like you know Superman's the day and Batman's the night, but it's more than that really because it's more about what they represent. Uh, we're gonna have Superman going on later, so I will let. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll 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 let that that description go better, but uh, by the person who's going to explain that later. Um, but for me, Batman's representation of what he means is is that what he means to humanity is different than what Superman means to humanity. Um, where I see them both as aspirational figures, not inspirational, uh, which is completely different, and you know, and something there's something to aspire to. And instead of something to inspire us, uh, where I see them both as aspirational figures, the way Batman is aspirational is through just you know grit and and the idea that it does not take you know superpowers to promote change within this world. And honestly, I would I would honestly say that that's actually something that that Superman admires, and that something that Superman has to learn a few times as well. The one thing that Batman, I believe, does learn from Superman is uh, the ability to trust a little more. Um, but uh, but the idea that Superman makes Batman a better person, uh, or, or is is just, or that one of them is, is a better person than the other, is also a, a flawed assumption, in my opinion. So yeah. So <clears throat> real quick, we made sure to put that one first. Um, we kind of wrote it as a joke question. Yeah. But. Um, just by your fantastic answer, I know this is going to be a fantastic podcast. Hey, I mean, yes. no, I, I, I was ready. I, I was ready for questions about the thing is, like you know, Jenny doesn't read as many comics as we do. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly feel real bad for Jenny because Jenny's representation of these characters, you know, is really defined. I mean, in, in her lifetime, she's seen two and a half good movies. And one really hilariously bad movie that I just love, Batman Forever, I love Batman Forever, I always will. But, you know, so like, yeah, so yeah, I mean, your interpretation, Jenny, would, would, would be, you know, that Batman is a guy that uses guns and then decides to run off of Catwoman, you know, in and, and the prime of his life and leave the city behind, you know? <laughs> and so that, that, that would not be a, that, that, well, that, that, that would, that's not an unfair question. Yeah. Well, and uh, the uh, animated series. Um, which started. The animated series is very, very true 
to what Batman is. I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it's very, very true. Yeah, everybody loves the animated series. Well, that's probably the but best animated series came out like Batman I have received. But anyway, that's definitely fair. But also something that that you know came out in 1992, uh, and <laughs> you know ended in 96. And your most recent concepts of Batman are. What are your superpowers? I'm Rick, you know, and like, so, I mean, so, so once again, none of those questions were unfair, you know, I mean, Justice League, Justice League is Batman, is, is Batman saying outright that, you know, that I can't lead the Justice League, which is just so offensive to me on so many levels, you know, um, but that's okay. Next, next question before I get off on a tangent there. Um, I'm actually going to take the second question because this was the one that. Uh, what we did was we came up with different ones, then we picked our number ones. Like, what is the one we absolutely want, want to hear you talk about? Um, it's actually funny that you referenced <laughs> that line from Justice League, okay? Because it leads right into this, honestly. Okay. All right. We've got a lot of pinup aggression going on. Let's, let, let's go. We're let's just go. letting all the aggression out in this. So, question number two, okay? And to me, this is something that has constantly been misinterpreted in the, within the mythos. Okay, and that's in comics, shows, movies, everything. Okay, while so many people in Gotham could be considered victims of circumstances or their environments, how do you justify being a billionaire superhero? And are his methods too harsh on those people? Um. Well. So. Okay. So. So. Are, are you asking like why he doesn't do more than money for Except, Gotham? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well. Well, my answer is. Always, okay. Always, that is for the last thirty years he has. Mm. So one thing that's so one of the things that happens after the eighties and after the um, Frank Millerization of Batman, okay, which it, I'm not I'm not going to criticize too much because they're a classic. I think they're outdated, but whatever. But what happens after those comics, which is this really, in my opinion, extreme right wing, you know, kind of, you know, almost like you know uh, Che Guevara rebellious type of Batman. What happens at the end of those comics is somebody at DC says, okay, well, what we have done is we have gone so far with Batman that like, he is just untouchable. Okay. That like what, what he is is something that we can't even um, like, we can't even relate to anymore. <clears throat> of course, their, their, their ideas relating to him, of course, are to break his back in nightfall and make him, you know, have to be a, you know, like paralyzed for like two years, which was a bad idea as well. Anyway, coming out of that, okay, your writers start to become people like Greg Rucka and Brie Baker, um, to an extent, Chuck Dixon is holding on a little bit, uh, and of course, moving into Grant Morrison and Snyder, but I'm, but we won't get to Snyder yet. But anyway, <laughs> but what I'm saying is all those characters, all those characters uh, start to decide. And this has been a hallmark of Batman now for the last, I mean, we're going on 30 years now. Mm. That Batman as Bruce Wayne is as important as Batman as Batman, okay? So it's why you have such things as, which, which, is, the, which is the inspiration for the first three issues of Zero Year for Scott Snyder. If you're not familiar with that, um, first and foremost, you, you need to read that. Secondly, uh, first three issues of Zero Year is basically Alfred telling Bruce that he's being a coward by hiding behind the Batman persona, which he hasn't even invented yet, but still, he's hiding behind this vigilante persona. He won't let anyone know he's back. He's making sure everyone thinks he's dead, because he doesn't want to deal with this burden, this responsibility to have this company that is literally 
Gotham was built around. Mm-hmm. Okay. And every single comic creator, even Tom King, has made sure to point out that one of the things that Batman is doing is he's constantly working to to better Gotham. But here's the problem with that. Okay. One of the things I always ask people is if you are asking actually Batman to be like, well, I don't understand why there's ghettos in Gotham. Okay. I don't understand why there's, you know, like these really rough places in Gotham when Batman could just go in there and put up high rises and everything. Okay. That's actually something called gentrification. And you don't want that. Okay. Because essentially what you're doing when you do that is you are basically going in, creating a place for more rich people and forcing out all the poor people to move to other places, which is something that's happening in Owensboro right now. That's why I've said for 10, 15 years, we're living in an inner city. Okay. Because that's what has happened to Owensboro is everything's moved out to 54 and to the suburbs. Okay. And that's what a lot of people, in my opinion, when they make, when they ask that question, that's what a lot of people are asking Batman to do. It's almost like they want him to go in there and gentrify a part of the city so that we can move in nice people. But the problem is that if you move in those nice people, where are the people that are poor that are also nice? Where are they going to go? You know, what are you going to do with them? That's the issue of gentrification. And actually, the best answer to this mm-hmm. comes from uh, the animated series. Uh, the episode, um, you probably know the name of it, Jake. The episode where uh, he, he's, he's he's trying to get to he's trying to get to where his parents have died for the anniversary. Okay. Um, and like Leslie Tompkins is there the whole time. Okay. So it's just like a Night in Crime Alley or something. So yeah, it? A, or, or Date in Crime Alley or something, something like that. Like that. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. can't remember, but anyway, the episode essentially is it, it's a fantastic episode. Um, and basically the whole point of the episode is that he's running around the area around Crime Alley, stopping stuff from happening. And there's a guy, there's a big gangster who is trying to gentrify that part of the city. And he's trying to force people out of the homeless shelters and of the free clinics and all that stuff. And he's trying to force them out. And he decides he's actually just because, you know, Batman villains have no black and white. They're all black. There's no, there's no gray for them. So they all go in there, and his his issue is, I'm just going to blow everything up on this street and <laughs> just take it, okay? And Batman has to stop it. Um, and and through all through that interaction, you understand that this is a this is a this is a community that needs protection just as much as it might need, you know, an ability to a step up to get out of this community or to better this community. You know, when you're asking things like, you know, is it you know, how, how do you, you know, why doesn't Batman do more of his money to make the city better? I mean, he does, because, I mean, in every single comic, you know, uh, I mean, going all the way back to uh, Cataclysm or before Cataclysm, uh, which is gang wars or, is, or war games. You war know, games go, is the one after. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But going all the way back before that, you know, that, that, whole, that whole thing starts because Batman is giving, you know, is donating money to the GCPD. Mm-hmm. So they can increase their presence across the city uh, due to terrorist activity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I mean, this is, you know, and of course, you know, famously, he gives all the all the people blimps in, in zero year, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. I mean, so I mean, it's, it's just uh, he he actually does a lot for the city. The idea that he doesn't comes from this comes from really an idea of it almost being, uh, in my opinion, almost like a characterization of the character that doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. Um so, so yeah, did that answer it or it, it did on the first part? Now on the, on the second part though, 
Okay, because you you mentioned the idea of you know um, homeless shelters and you know clinics stuff like that, kind of the rundown parts of Gotham. Uh, the in Batman Begins, and then in certain mid two uh, thousands comics that they typically just call it the Narrows. That's mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of become like a new area of Gotham that a lot of people talk about. Um, are his methods too harsh on say you know? A random mugger or something like that because the thing is is like you know you have batman okay who has trained you know under ducard rachel ghoul you know all these there all these different people he has trained with you know in the himalayans and everything and so he's he can literally stop anyone and he could literally go toe-to-toe with bane at multiple points in time and are his methods too harsh on the average mugger or the average person who may be stealing just uh, just to try and you know feed their family or someone like that? Well, so w- once again, the the <laughs> the guy that is stealing to try to uh, uh, to to save their family mm-hmm. more than likely is not someone that is. Uh, uh, particularly, particularly in the mythos so far, more than likely is not someone that's approaching someone with uh, murderous intent. That's true. And yeah. so, you know, I mean, th- th- this is a question that that gets that gets brought up a lot. Uh, personally, I'm I am not. Uh, uh, I, I think Batman has his line, and as long as Batman doesn't go over that line, I'm typically pretty okay with it. Mm. Um, you know, very very rarely, you know. Uh, it's it's actually typically a, a uh, it's been more of a lazy writing trope at this point for Batman, where you know Batman just loses it and just beats somebody up until they you know until they're unrecognizable or something like that. Uh, first time I remember seeing that was uh, Nightfall with Zaz. You know if you mm-hmm. if you know the storyline, yeah. uh, he loses it and goes after uh, Zaz and just you know goes crazy. Uh, but I mean, but even with Zaz, I mean at a point Zaz had killed like eight people. You know, and so so there's you know there's there is, uh, you know that that that's a that's a question that comes up. But once again, for me personally, I don't think it's an issue until you have him kill somebody, um, and then and then when he kills somebody, I think uh, that that is where uh, that that is where the the mythos is being betrayed of what Batman is, um, because Batman's. Batman's idea of not killing should be as similar to the character as the idea of Spider-Man swings, you know, or Captain America has a shield, Mm. you know, is that important to the character? Because that's, that's what keeps him on this side. And that's also what keeps him himself in check. It's something he, he gives himself Mm. uh, to make sure that he doesn't go, he doesn't go to the dark end of himself. Um, and so to me, I, you know, that, that, no, I, I don't, I don't think his methods are, are too brutal. I do, you know, but once again, that's something else that, uh, you know, people, people like, people like dark, brutal Batman. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that, uh, that's a, that's an aspect of the character that people really, really get into, um, because there's a, there's a, there's a part of, of the Phantom that really wants to kind of turn him into a, like, Punisher light. Which is kind of what Frank Miller did, you know, mm. uh, who, you know, I mean, that's kind of, that was kind of his thing was he takes Batman and really turns him into a, you know, a guy who is a, a brutal hand-to-hand combatant, but also someone who is trying to take you out of the game, 
Mm. Um, you know, and so so that's that's kind of uh, that that's kind of an aspect of the character um, that that there is support for that. Um, but my favorite writers of the character, uh, um, Denny Nail, uh, Brew Baker, uh, Greg Rocca, Grant Morrison, Scott Snyder, mm. those guys uh, keep Batman in a pretty kind of a you know they're, they're pretty even on what they have Batman doing. Mm. Now, if I remember correctly, uh, Snyder actually kind of addressed this in one of his issues, correct? So, yeah, Batman uh, Batman 51 in the first run, uh, which is uh, in the New 52 run, uh, you know, of course. So, in Batman 2 in the New 52 <laughs> run, uh, it, Batman is facing um, these uh, this group uh, that puts these metal... Um, like metal masks over their face. Mm-hmm. They're the silent. Mm-hmm. And so at one point, Batman uh, magnetizes all of their masks. There's like 17 of them. <laughs> and Batman magnetizes their mask right before a subway train goes by and they all just smack onto the subway train <laughs> and they just keep going. And uh, in Batman 51, what you find out is one of those guys has, uh, has actually turned over New Leaf um, and he actually thanks Batman for giving the chance because he probably would have been shot by a cop later on had he kept on what he was doing, mm-hmm. you know. And so, I mean, this comes up a lot. It also, I mean, your one of your favorite Batman animated series episodes, the one where you know you find out why uh, Dick Grayson leaves behind, mm-hmm. you know, where Batman takes down the gangster in front of his family, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, throws him through the door. You just hear uh, the kid go, "Daddy, Daddy!" You know? But like that, but but that, but later on, you know, like you know when, you know, when Dick Grayson, you know, gets his head out of his rear and he goes and he's, uh, and he's, uh, you know, finding out later that you know Batman had given had gone out of his way to give that gangster a job uh, after he got out of jail. Uh, so that he could turn his life around. Mm. You know, I mean, that's, the, it, it's, you know, it, it's one of those things. There's a balance, you know. The problem, here, here's the major issue of that, <laughs> with, with that, is that you have Batman committing violence because that's way more interesting and fun to read in comics than Batman being like, today we're going to have 32 pages of where we're going to show you where, how Batman is making everyone's life better in Gotham. No one would, would read that comic. You know, so that, that question, that, that question is almost a little unfair because it's like, you know, sometimes you just got to assume some things. I, I would read that. Know. I mean, I probably would, too, but like, <laughs> but it really depends on who on who writes it. You know, it, it's very hard to make that interesting. Mm-hmm. Everybody that writes Batman is going to want car, cape, you know, swinging and, you know, a lot of martial arts. You know, very few people. That's one of the things I really like about Snyder and, and Morrison's approach is. You know, it's it's very important to get to the other part of that character, but man, that other part of that character is really underrepresented. Hmm. I mean, I, I yeah, that fan, fantastic answer. Yeah. Um, does anyone have anything to kind of go off of off that or anything before we move on to the next question? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, good. I'm good. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you are you're, you're be talking a lot because, uh, yeah, Al, go, go ahead. You, you got question number three. I do. All right. And um, if, Joshua. And if you don't mind, give a little story to part, part of that question. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. So, um, so Joshua, 
This is a question I'm sure you have heard probably countless times um, because um, I have to admit you are a, a much greater Batman fan than me. I am a huge Batman fan. I love the character. But you are an even greater Batman fan than me. And I have heard this question probably countless times uh, from people who want to discuss the character and, and discuss his effectiveness or, or lack thereof in certain kinds of situations. Um, so, Joshua, the question I pose to you, and it's a question with kind of a, um, kind of a post-qualifier, if you will, after I pose a question, is why does Batman not kill the Joker when Batman is willing to kill Darkseid? Oh, okay. All right. So, all right. Okay. So, um, let me frame that question real quick, Al. So, in Final Crisis, which is a um, <laughs> uh, a culmination yes. of, of... Please describe Final okay. Crisis in under five no, minutes. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> uh, so, so, Grant Morrison... What, what Grant Morrison did with his Batman run, his Batman run, in my opinion, extends through Final Crisis. What Grant Morrison does through his work on Detective Comics, Batman, Final Crisis, Return of Bruce Wayne, and then even in, in, Bat, in Batman and Robin is to show how important Bruce Wayne is to the DC Universe. Okay, And then on into Batman Incorporated. So... Through Final Crisis, you have a you have a, a story where essentially uh, Darkseid is the first villain in history to be intelligent because the first thing he does, he's like, "We've got to take Batman off the board," <laughs> and they take Batman off the board, and there's some really awesome stuff about how he gets back on the board. And essentially, what happens is, is he has the he has he has a bullet that he knows will kill Darkseid. Okay, and um, and then. He goes and he shoots Darkseid. It's the one time he's ever used a gun. Uh, it's the only time I would ever defend someone making him use a gun um, because it led it because it was such a culmination of so much story arc um, that led to that point. Um, so so anyway, so yeah, he shoots Darkseid. Uh, he act, in, in reality does not kill Darkseid though. He doesn't. I mean, sure. Superman's the one that really ends ends Darkseid there. Um, but he does. He does basically. Wound, attempt, he, he does wound him to the point where uh, that's the turning point of Final Crisis. Darkseid is no longer able uh, to get the anti-life equation uh, out to uh, people. And if you don't know what that is, I don't have time to explain that. But anyway, he doesn't. Have, <laughs> he, he doesn't have the ability to do that. Okay. Um, so he doesn't have the ability to do big villain things. Basically, yeah. Essentially, yeah. He, he doesn't have the ability to do, to do his big villainy thing. Okay. All right, so Darkseed and Joker. Okay, uh, so 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 there. So the the qualifier I will give on this. I'm gonna go on and put this out right now. Okay, is that there's a lot of there's a lot of um, people that would make the statement that Batman is actually uh, Batman sees Joker as a friend, and therefore um, that's why he doesn't kill him. Okay. Uh, he needs he needs a Joker around to kind of complete complete what he is, and so they're just kind of like, uh, I don't know, this like this this kind of connection between them. 
um, that that keeps him around, that keeps Batman from eliminating him. I think that's ridiculous. For me, Batman and Joker represent ideological differences that can only be won if Batman does not kill the Joker. That is not the difference that Batman and Darkseid represent. Darkseid represents the destruction of the entire human race and the universe, and ipso factor, all of uh, all of free thought and life, uh, you know, in, in the universe. Okay, that's what he's going for. Joker's concept, and the reason that uh, Joker doesn't, in my opinion, doesn't work very well, and the reason no one ever writes him into these big giant stories. No, I mean they they don't. The reason the reason joke the, no one the reason Joker doesn't get written into these big giant stories like Infinite Crisis, Identity Crisis, uh, Final Crisis, even the first Crisis, you know, uh, all a lot of yeses yeah, uh, <laughs> or Forever Evil or in, any any of the big event comics that DC kind of originated. The reason Joker doesn't get it, the invite to these is because his concept is not one where he's like, I want to take over the world. His concept, Joker's concept is I want to prove to you that life is meaningless. Okay. And here's the thing. If Batman kills Joker, if Batman kills Joker, okay. And takes him off the board. He has proven that life is meaningless. He has proven Joker's point. Um, I really wasn't wanting to quote Scott Snyder like over and over and over again. I really wasn't wanting to do that, um, but I guess it's going to happen. Uh, so Scott Snyder, actually, one of the things that that I think uh, I think you and anyone uh, that likes comics needs to read Scott Snyder's Last Night on Earth, which is uh, supposedly his last Batman comic, and the base of the comic is is that Batman uh, awakens. Uh, you know, years after a great cataclysm, and uh, something has happened, and I'm not going to give that away because that's 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 basically the whole story. Okay, you, you figure out what's happened. Um, but the whole time, the whole time that that Batman is wandering through this wasteland and figuring out piecing her what's happened, he's got a jar with the Joker's head in it, and the Joker's head is still alive, and he's talking, and he's carrying it with him. Because comics. Because comics. Okay. <laughs> all right. I don't. I, I'm, I'm not even going to explain that. You're just going to go with me. Because comics. All right. <laughs> and Joker is basically revealing to him. You know, is talking to him, and you know, and and he keeps asking if he can be the new Robin. Okay. Which is weird. Okay. And Batman thinks that you know he's just messing with him. Um, but you come to find out. Okay. And Scott Snyder writes this brilliantly. Okay. Is that there? There, there's been this like kind of backup to the story, where Batman is dealing with a case that has ruined him. Where he shows up, he finds the body of this ten-year-old child um, that is supposedly Joe Chill's child, uh, and it's you know it's been uh, it, it's you know it's uh, it, it's been it's been dead for a long time, um, and he goes and he visits Joe Chill. And Joe Kill is like, you know, maybe now you've learned something. And basically, it's planted in Batman's head that the whole reason that Joe Kill killed uh, uh, the Waynes is because uh, Dr. Wayne, Dr. Thomas Wayne, had shown up at a, at a uh, operation drunk and had killed Joe Kill's child uh, while he was on the operating table. And 
you come to find out that in this story, Joker has set this up perfectly. This has been his final attack on Batman because he's like, if I can, if I can figure this out, okay, and if I can take away his reasoning for being Batman, he'll just stop being Batman. He'll just stop, you know, which is a pretty, pretty good attack, okay? And then what happens? Batman is still Batman because the world needs a Batman. Uh, the world needs Batman. And he continues to be Batman. And he continues to be Batman to the point where Joker realizes that there's absolutely no point whatsoever to even fight him anymore. Because if one thing that drives Batman is taken away from him and he can still be Batman, then that means there's something to this concept that Batman's behind. Um, and so it's really a very... Uh, that, 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 that comic... Uh, really frames that argument very well um, because even even within the uh, there's a fantastic DVD uh, where all these comic creators was is it what's it called the uh, necessary necessary evil, evil. all these comic creators are talking about um, you know uh, are talking about uh, evil characters in DC and of course they have a whole thing on Joker and everyone talks about Joker differently in Scott Snyder. Everyone else was like, you know, like, you know, people really like to be the Joker and, you know, and he's just like a fun character. Scott Snyder's like, no, he's evil and Batman hates him. And, you know, and there's only two creators in, in you know, in Grant Morrison and Scott Snyder that really bring that out. And to me, you know, Batman not killing Joker, uh, to come back to the original point, Batman not killing Joker is a way that Batman is proving that his way is correct. You know, um, because his way does not rely on using <laughs> on, on using other people as pawns to get what he wants. Uh, he is proving that life has meaning and purpose simply by uh, existing as it as if it does. And uh, and so to me, that's that's the that's the main crux of that. It's also the the, the reason why. Um, if, if if you if you've ever if you've ever watched the Christopher Nolan trilogy, and you're like, you know, I really like Dark Knight Rises, but it's I don't you know it's got fantastic it's it's you know it's it's got epic scenes and it's got fantastic production value and it's written really well, but I just don't like it as much as Dark Knight. It's because there's a part in the back of your head that's telling you that the point of Batman and Joker and the conflict there is more important than Batman beating up Bane. You know the conflict in Batman and Joker is one that's an it's it's an ideal it, it, it's an it's an ideological one. It's not one that uh, that that involves you know that that or that has to involve violence or uh, you know or epic fight scenes or anything like that because they're they're trying to get their point across. And 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 I will also say this: the other reason that Batman doesn't kill Joker. Is because if that because that that ideological rift of you know does life matter or does life not matter is kind of the ideological rift that everyone kind of deals with in society today. You know, the point of you know does life matter? Does life have meaning? And do I have purpose? Which is what Batman is representing versus Joker's concept of life does not have meaning. There is no purpose. Therefore, do whatever you want. You know. Um, that's the riff that goes on today. And so, yeah, the main reason Batman doesn't kill Joker is because if you do that, you're ruining, 
you, you, you're, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're ruining the entire purpose of that, of that rift, you know, and you're ruining the, the entire purpose of, of what Batman is, you know? Uh, so, so yeah, that, that'd be my answer. I know that's a long rambling one. I'm sorry, Al. No, no, it's okay. Um, can I ask a follow-up question? Mm-hmm. Go for okay. it. Yeah, because this is always, again, I've had this conversation with people thousands of times. And this is always the point that everybody else always brings it back to on me. So I want to do the same um, for you as well. I am kind of a representative of like every like angry nerd I've ever talked to over the years right now. Um, so I want to. I like it. <laughs> so I want to bring this back over to you because you talk about the ideological rift and how important that is. Uh, when we put that in a real grounded context, as we're supposed to read these types of comics, because we're supposed to read them in the context that for these characters, this is real life and this is what's really happening to them. Uh, what does that mean when Batman repeatedly refuses to kill the Joker. He has him locked up. The Joker eventually escapes. Joker usually ends up killing other people, both in his escape attempts as well as whatever um, wild plot he has. You know, to poison the water supply of Gotham is one of my is one of my recurring f favorite plots that the Joker has because it's just so classic. Um, what does that mean for Batman's character when some would argue he allows the Joker to continue to do these things and cause all cause all of these deaths when in the very real way we're supposed to read these comics, the deaths of these real people, some would argue, is much more important than this ideological struggle that the two characters are having. How would you respond to that? Well, the so I mean, well, you're you're adding so, and Roz, you're representing angry nerds here. Okay, so no, not you. Okay? <clears throat> I know I'm, you know, working, uh, you know, with a stand-in for all angry nerds. Sure. But uh, you're 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 adding a qualifier here that um, that's important. Okay, and 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 if and if you want to state that. That's fine, okay. But a qualifier you're adding is that somehow um, is is that is 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 that if you're adding a qualifier wherein um, you know life has differences of importance, where you know depending on where that life is at at a certain point. So, like for example, what you're what you're stating then is like you know if if they kill Joker, it wouldn't matter because his life doesn't matter that much. Um, you know, because after all, all he's doing is taking other people's lives. I mean, is that, is, is that kind of safe to assume that that's part of the argument? I'm um, sure, sure, yeah. It'd be kind of a balance between, you know, how much harm each path is causing, so to speak, yeah. Okay. So, so the pro, so the problem with that though is that once again, at the at the core of what Batman is, and it's it's you know, and it's it's a it, it, it's hard to it's hard to use in the terms, you know, because like um, the core of other characters is really simple to see. 
Okay, you know, I mean, like Captain America's the core of what he is is, you know, pretty. I mean, it, you know, it's a fantastic character. Don't get me wrong, but like it's a pretty simple core. Okay, you know, he, his his core is, you know, he wants to, you know, he, he represents American values. Okay, and uh, you know whatever that means, you know, in the time he's being written in, you know, um, and so like that's easy to represent. Okay, Bat the core of what Batman is though. Okay, from from the beginning, from the outset is that Batman is all about preserving life. Now, what, what, what that question asks us to do, though, okay, is put Batman into a situation where I don't think, um, I, I don't think it's, it's fair to make him answer. Because essentially what that question does is basically ask him to weigh the importance of life, okay? Now, you can do that, of course, from a, you know, I mean, there's, there's, you know, a lot of, uh, I mean, that's a, you know, I mean, that, that's an argument. I mean, I mean, for example, that's why, you know, it was kind of it's awkward to look back now, but remember when, you know, uh, this, this is getting heavy, by the way, uh, this is, this is why you don't invite out of these things. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but, but, but look back to when Osama bin Laden died. Okay. And of course, like now we look back on that. And we're almost a little embarrassed by how he reacted. Because I don't know if you, I mean, I, I don't know if you remember or not, Al. But, like, it was, you know, party in the streets. Let's go have a barbecue. You know, we've killed this guy and thrown him into the ocean. Okay? And, you know, and we look back on that now and kind of see, you know, okay, that was actually somewhat barbaric, <laughs> you know, to react that way. Um, because, But that was our visceral response because, hey, this guy had taken, you know, 2100 lives on on 9 11. And so, you know, his life is not worth any, you know. Um, the problem with that thought process is that either a life is life is something to be cherished or it's not. And once again, okay, that circles back around to the whole question at the at at the center of the Batman Joker conundrum, okay, which is Batman is stating, I want to preserve life as much as possible. Joker is saying, I don't want, I, I'm, I, life is meaningless, and I'm going to prove it to you by taking away as much life as possible. And the moment you kill the Joker, the moment you, you take the Joker out, you know, you've proven him correct, or the moment Batman does. The real question that never gets brought up, and I don't understand why, is how the Joker hasn't been given the electric chair seventeen hundred times to this point, um, you know? Because they're, I mean, it's it over and over and over again. Uh, you know, he is put in, he, he's put in jail, and you know, and escapes, and it's it, it should, you know, I understand giving people fair trials and everything like that, um, but you know, that that's a question that never gets asked. How how does he how does he continue to to escape? Uh, you know, to escape and and continue to do these things again, when Batman has caught him and thrown him in jail and thrown him in Arkham on so many different occasions, uh, um, that's a question that never gets asked. But anyway, but not to me. It's 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 a question. It, it's it's not a fair question because once again, you know, Batman's about preserving life, and there's never going to be a point where that's that's going to be. Um, that, 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 there's there's never going to be a point where uh, he, he he's, he's going to do that math in his head, you know. 
um, you're, you're asking once again, you're, 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 you're asking him to make the, 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 you're asking him to do the Punisher thing and not the Batman thing, you know? And, and that's, that's the, I mean, that, that's the core difference, you know? I mean, what, what, what you're, what that question is essentially doing is doing the, the, the daredevil scene, you know, where, you know, that, where Punisher's got the gun, take daredevil's hand, you know, and it's like, you, you, you know, you shoot the person, you make the decision, you know, you save the lives, that kind of thing. Okay. And that, that's essentially what you're doing to Batman there. If, if you, if you're asking to do that, um, because it's a fundamental, it, it's, it's just fundamental to Batman not to kill, you know? And, and I think the reason that question pops up so much in the 21st century is because, you know, we, we, we have, I mean, you know, we're, we're conditioned to, to do that math in our heads, you know, because we're, we're a post, you know, I mean, you know, we're, we're a post, you know, terrorism concept where it's like, you know, you take out three terrorists so they don't kill 3000 people. But at the same time, you know, when you're dealing with someone like Joker, you know, who, who, by the way, you know, I know I'm not talking about the joke here, but Joker's the one villain that's actually successful because, you know, with like, the fact that, you know, Joaquin Phoenix has won a movie, you know, uh, or has won an Oscar based on the Joker, uh, where, you know, he's he's just not the Joker, you know, and he's, <laughs> he, he's, he's got people believing one thing that isn't actually true, which is hilarious to me. You know, I mean, the comic book Joker's actually won, you know, and the, th- the thing is, is, like, if you have Batman kill the Joker, you know, um... I think I think Joker Joker wins and Joker you know and, and that's a that that that's a downfall to what what Batman is you know because it's not a you know I mean it, it it's it's the it's the Alan Moore thing that you know that you've got you know uh, Jim Gordon screaming to to Batman you know when Batman goes confront Joker they end up killing Joker like you know we've got to prove our way is right you know. Yeah, you know the 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 pro. This is a, you know, this is this is a this is a an idea that you know this is one of the reasons Batman is such an important character in my opinion because when you discuss him like this, this is a this is an ideological issue that's in the world, you know, and one of the reasons I personally think that that question even pops up is because we're once again so conditioned to this idea of, you know, if we just kill our enemies, everything's going to be okay. And we have proven over the, over, basically we've proven over and over again since World War II that that's not correct, you know, as a country and as a people. And, uh, you know, and so to me, you know, you boil all that down to, you know, this one concept of why doesn't Batman kill the Joker? Um, you're asking him to do math that in that's not that doesn't even matter, you know, in, in his head. Uh, you know, he wants to save all life. And so, you know, that's that that's that's why that's why he doesn't kill Joker. That's my answer. Hmm. Yeah, I've I've got nothing to add on that one. That was, yeah, that was. Well, I think there's a lot to add to that one. 
Well, no, I mean, like, to, to continue, like, to question you on that, because that mm-hmm. was that was the... There's absolutely flaws that approach. You know, I'm just saying, I mean, to me, I mean, that's... Yeah. You're, you're asking the character to be something that he's that he's not. Mm. You know, I mean, no, I mean, I, dude, I, you know, once again, that, that's why, okay, you know, that, that's why there's a, there, you know, that that's why Punisher's popular, you know, and I mean, and I get it, I understand, you know, that's why he's popular because you know his his enemies don't come back, you know, when he takes somebody off the board, they're off the board for good. Um, and, and therefore they can't hurt anybody anymore, you know, and he makes that decision. Um, but you know, I think Batman's, but, but, but once again, once you do that, you're not winning, you're not winning the ideological war anymore. Once you're doing that, you're straight up winning the war. And the problem is, is that, you know, when, when all you do is win the war and you don't win, you don't prove your ideas, right. And all you've done is you know, the Crusades of the 1300s or whatever, you know. The Crusades didn't prove Christianity right. They just proved that, hey, your army's not as good as ours. And by the way, when your army is as good as ours, we're going to lose, you know, and no one's going to care. And so it's the same concept here. So, you know, yeah, yeah. did I just compare Batman to the Crusades? Absolutely I did. This has been fun, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Does anyone else have anything to add on that one? I mean, I have follow-up questions for sure that have been posed in the past and that I've thought of, but, like, I don't want to be here on this one question all night, so I thought that was a very good good response. I'll pick one follow-up question of that one. Pick one follow-up question? Pick Um, one. Okay, I'll, I'll give the one that was the most aggressive one that's been posed to me in the past so i'll go with that um i'm so excited this is this is from a this is from a guy i talked to he wasn't even a friend he was just kind of a guy i was talking to when i was in college um yeah well, but, people don't uh, like that they don't like batman you shouldn't be your friend so that's a good uh, thing yeah yeah there you go but um he said to me and i'll paraphrase because we're trying to keep a a wholesome family content in our in our podcast, but um, he posed that to me because I gave a similar, though not as eloquent answer as you did. Uh, he posed to me that, um, you know, when when the Joker, you know, does what he does and he breaks out of jail and, and does some kind of plot and things like that, say say he kills a person who who has <clears throat> kids and, like, he has a family and things like that. And one of those kids who's a bit older, you know, they approach Hatman and they say something like, you know, I don't care about this ideological conflict you have or this idea you believe in because my dad's dead. How would, you know, what's it's kind of the response based on what you've built up? What would kind of be the defense or the response to that kind of thing? I mean, the... Because so okay so that's I mean that's under the red hood right I mean that's essentially that's the question essentially for, essentially yeah yeah so okay so for context there you know um, I don't know who wrote on it was that Judd Winnick Judd Winnick yes yeah, yeah. okay uh, yeah. under the red hood uh, basically brings uh, so Jason Todd dies 
um, because uh, comic book fans are bloodthirsty in the 80s. And uh, that'd be a fun one to talk about. But anyway, Jason Todd's killed by Joker. And he's uh, Batman's greatest failure. Uh, um, which, by the way, I, I'm amazed I've not gotten the Robin question yet. But I'm, I'm assuming it's coming. But anyway, um, uh, re- he, uh, Jason Todd's Robin that dies um, basically um, due to uh, Superman, Superboy Prime punching reality. Uh, which, that's a great... Because comics. That's, that's a fantastic <laughs> statement. Uh, he comes back from the dead. Uh, and then it's retcon later that um, that he was thrown into a uh, Lazarus pit. And he comes back and basically he does all this stuff to confront uh, to confront Batman um, because he comes back and Joker is still alive. And Joker's the one that killed him. In a, I mean, in a very brutal fashion. So, uh, and his, his whole point is, you know, like, you know, um, you know, I can understand, you know, I'm not angry for you letting me a dab, but why is he still alive? You know, because, you know, that's, that, and, and I, and I think that's a, that'd be a fair question to have. And in your scenario where it's, you know, someone who has kids, I think that'd be a fair question to ask as well. Okay. Um, I think it's a more than fair question. Um, but once again, it's a, it's a question that um, that doesn't really it doesn't really get to the to the point so so much so like okay so so with with bat so 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 with Batman and Joker okay uh, when when Joker when Joker kills somebody and so for example you know like and they have kids or whatever. Um, and those kids grow up, okay? And they they walk up to Batman. They say, hey, you know, why didn't you kill the Joker, you know, when you had the chance to do so, okay? Um, you know, I, 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 I do want to know, like, I, 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 yeah, I, I understand the one getting the questions here, but, like, is is the valid response to that? The, the, so, so what I'm supposed to take from this is the valid response to that is that... Um, is that Joker? Is, is that Batman should have seen that and then automatically gone and killed the Joker? That's that's supposed the the question seems to imply that that's the valid response. Is that correct, Al? Um, I'm not sure I would go there. I think that's just a way of of like of trying to confront uh, Batman with the the very tangible results of of this idea he believes in, if that makes sense. I don't think a person would walk okay. up to, I don't think a person would walk up to him and ask him that and just be like, okay, now go to Arkham, execute him. Like, you know what I mean? I think it's more just trying to confront him with with the tangible consequences of this idea he believes in. Okay. So, okay, so... Well, I mean, to me, once again, the, the, the problem becomes, once again, okay, in that, um, the problem becomes, once again, is that is that you're, you're making this, this transactional, you're, you're, you're reducing life to this transactional thing, where, where Batman, where, where you're, you're forcing Batman to start basically counting lives, so to speak, um, which actually, actually happens in a, 
and a Tom King and Tom and the War of Jokes and Riddles, uh, which is this uh, Tom King um, comic or uh, the storyline the in the Tom King run where uh, Joker and Riddler have this gang war. Um, and there's this point, you know, where, you know, Batman's just, you know, kind of going in over his head. He's memorized everybody that has died due to this gang war. Um, and what you're essentially forcing at that point Batman to do is to basically say, the only way that I can um, make any of this right is to kill people. And my argument goes, I mean, the, I understand the question's different, but my argument's going to be the same, is that the only way to make something right is to kill somebody. And here's the thing, I'm not even... <laughs> I'm not even. I, 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 I promise you, I'm not trying to be the super, the, the super liberal philosopher here. Okay, but what I'm saying is, like, if the only way to make something right is to kill somebody, you you've already entered into a premise where that's the only way to make things right. And once you do that, life becomes transactional, you know, and there's no way to pull back out of that. Um, so, you know, if, if, I mean, look, I, look, I would, I mean, I would sympathize. I understand, you know, um, you know, and, and, and the thing is like, once again, you know, I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, my professor at Campbellsville, you know, I'm going to go back to this because once again, heavy question. I remember professor at Campbellsville talking about the fact that when, you know, Osama bin Laden, when we killed Osama bin Laden, you know, and, and, uh, and he was like, and he made the statement, he said, you know, I, I understand, you know, people were wanting justice, but at the same time, you know, that was a, that was a person, uh, that was, you know, that was created and, you know, they don't exist anymore. And, you know, of course she's a Baptist. So he's like, so they're burning in hell and that's a sad thing. And so, you know, the, the concept there of, you know, of, of just ending a life in a transactional way, it always bothers me, you know? And, and, and so what, and so what those kids once again are asking Batman to do is, is look at life transactionally. And that's just something that Batman's not created to do. You know, like that's, that's not a, that, that's not, and, and you can have a, and here's the thing, you can have a problem with that approach. I understand the problem with that approach. Okay. All right. You can make the statement. I mean, you, you could even take this as far as you want to say, actually, well, life is transactional. Someone kills someone I love. I'm going to kill them. Okay. That's perfectly fine. You know, you can, you can make that case and there's amazing art based around that case. Okay. But here's the issue with that. There's no sequel to Count of Monte Cristo because it has to end right there. Once you once you reduce once you reduce Batman to a revenge character, that character is done. Okay, and it, it, it's I mean it's the main reason like everyone loves the Punisher, but you know Punisher is what number seventy eight out of a hundred on the you know on the on the top you know one hundred comics sold every month. You know. And the main issue of that is because once you reduce a character to a character who's just like, I'm just going to go out and kill people because, you know, I'm going to get revenge. And I'm, you know, once you reduce that character, you take all of the, you know, I mean, you, you take all the moral high ground away. And it goes back to what I've stated that these characters are not, they're not inspirational, they're aspirational. Okay. They are, you know, combat characters are things that we, 
aspire to. Okay. And so, and so actually, actually the question I would have for that guy, honestly, Al, the question I would have for that guy is, okay. And, and honestly though, all right. Would you want to give your kid? And by the way, I, and I know this is, I don't want to turn this into, you know, think about the children. Okay. But here's the thing. Would you want to give, you know, your kid a comic where Batman is like, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm going to kill Joker. I'm going to end this, you know, because essentially what you are teaching at that moment, what you are stating at that moment and what you're having an aspirational character say at that moment is that, you know, as long as, as long as, as long as our dead is not as much as their dead, we're winning. That's essentially what you're stating at that point. That's what you're teaching. And that's just not what Batman is. You know, you're, you're asking that character to be something that he's not. Basically, I, I'd, I'd give him Garth thing as Punisher all day long and be like, you go have fun with this, dude. Is that, was that a proper answer? Or? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, like, I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing a, a devil's advocate, nerd representative type of character right now myself. I'm just, None of, these, none of these questions I ask necessarily reflect the opinions of Red Lanyard of the Fandom Correspondence. But I'm not, well, no, I think that's, a, no, no, I think that's, yeah, I think that's a very good response, I think. I think that this, I think that this is a question that, like, the people who ask this question, I don't think they'll ever get a satisfactory answer to it. I think it's that kind of thing. But um, that being said, I think you've answered it just about as best as, as could fathomably be answered. So, so yeah. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, next question. Yes, we are. Uh, we're, a little, we're a little over our We're really high, though, because we, we, you started the recording early. Just about like a minute, though. Okay. So, well. <laughs> But but we are going to but this is a question that that was definitely necessary um, and I'm actually going to give it to Raven uh, and because uh, it's it's something that really kind of the three of us all kind of all kind of thought about you know so if anyone go go ahead and take that take that last one away. Um, oh, let me pull it back up. Sorry. No, you good. Um, is Bruce Wayne a good father to the Bat family, or is he just hazardous to them? <laughs> I, I was, that was honestly the first question I thought I'd get. Because I know the... Uh, <laughs> wanted to build. You know. Well, well I, I, know the, I know the Robins are beloved uh, in this group. Um, uh, the Bat family, in, in, in particular, is beloved in this group. So I actually I thought I'd get the... Uh, I thought I'd get that question earlier. Um... So, um, okay. So the pro the problem with, with Batman and Robin, uh, the central issue of Batman and Robin is that uh, one of the things that they that that writers in the modern era had to do is they had to take a concept from <laughs> the four. Okay. Which, by the way, was not a concept at all that was weird. Okay, I mean, Jimmy Olsen hung out Superman in the 50s just as much as Robin hung out Batman. Um, but they had to take this concept during the 50s 
that you know is is strained. You know, putting this kid in harm's way, and you've got to, you've got to legitimize it now. Okay, in the eighties and nineties, because all of a sudden people are asking this the question you've asked. You know, okay, well, you know, is Batman, you know, isn't he being reckless by putting these kids in harm's way? And of course, you know, the way the eighties DC answered that question was by being absolutely Batman's being reckless. Let's kill Jason Todd. Okay, <laughs> and so um, so that so. So that's a question that's that's always there um, with with the with the Bat family because they're all essentially kids, um, you know. When Batman takes them in, and um, they're all, um, you know, you can you can make the argument that uh, he's basically you know making child soldiers. Okay. So for me though, okay, there's a fantastic okay. Uh, Justice League Unlimited quote uh, that deals with this. Wait, just or Young Justice? Just League, it's Just League Unlimited, right? Yeah, Just League Unlimited, where uh, you know uh, Wonder Woman uh, is basically uh, slamming Batman for the Robins, you know, and basically saying, you know, did you give Tim Drake, uh, you know, a choice? You know, why did you do this? Uh, to Tim Drake, why'd you do this to Dick Grace and all that things. And Batman's answer is because I, I didn't want them to turn out like me. Um, that's Young Justice. That's Young Justice? That's Young Justice. That's Young yeah. Justice. Yeah, okay, I can't is, remember what yeah, it was. I can hear yeah. now. But, see, the, reason, the, reason <laughs> I thought, the reason I thought it was Young Justice, because I hate Young Justice's interpretation. I wonder if he's like through the whole thing. And so I thought that that was Young Justice. Mm-hmm. But I, can't, I, I can't remember, because it comes up because of Shazam. Anyway, um, but basically his, his answer is I didn't want him to turn out like me. And I think that's a really good way of framing all the Robins. Cause essentially what Batman wants for all the Robins is for them to turn into something that is better than him. Um, the, the best representation of this, say it with me is Scott Snyder's Batman and Robin eternal <laughs> where, uh, <laughs> where, uh, basically the whole point of that story is for um, Batman. It's for it's for the Robins to understand that Batman has been training them in order to become something better than what he is. Um, because what Batman is is you know is a Batman kind of views himself in a lot of ways as a placeholder, uh, something that's there uh, until so- something better can come along. Okay, until you know there's there's more that uh, you know there's there's more people like him um, until something better can come along. Until more there are more people like him. Until there you know until everybody basically catches up to him. And so for when you view it that way, you know uh, I think it I think it casts everything in a different light. Um, the other thing is that every Robin he takes in, um, every one of them. Uh, every sidekick he has or whatever uh, is actually kind of an answer to a question um, that um, that um, Al was asking for, uh, you know, is is they're almost reflections of failures Batman has had. Dick Grayson's the most famous one of this, uh, depending on which origin story you use for Dick Grayson, because it's changed a couple times either way. Uh, Dick Grayson has no parents because Batman failed to save his family. Uh, Jason Todd, 
uh, depending on what origin, <laughs> depending on what origin story you use for him, uh, is on the street um, because of things Batman has done. Tim Drake's a little different, but I'll come back to him. Um, Damian Wayne is literally Batman's son, um, and so he's a literal part of who Batman is. Um, Barbara Gordon as Batgirl is someone who uh, is, I would say, has taken the aspirational qualities there um, uh, and, and is trying to, to be Batman uh, as much as she possibly can be. Um, and then, you know, you get, you've got, you know, other characters that are, you know, kind of ancillary Harper Rowe, Cassandra Cain, um, Cassandra Cain, depending on which origin <laughs> you go with her, uh, is, is also a failure on Batman's part, um, because she was raised by assassins and something that Batman should have stopped way back in the day. Um, so, you know, all these, all these characters are, you know, are there essentially because, um, Batman has, um... Batman takes them in um, because they are in some way suffering the same things that he has suffered. Um, and they're, and he's a lot of times attempting to focus that rage, you know, into something that's good because that's what he's done. You know, I've, I, to me, um, you know, I've, I've often stated that Batman's kind of altruistic vengeance in a lot of ways. That's what he is, you know, because he's, he's a representation of, of you know he's the he's the you know he's the the dark knight the protector and everything, um, but all really comes from a place, in my opinion, you know from a place of altruism where you know he's wanting to do this you know so that other people don't go what he's going through and the robins are an extension of that, uh, and so you know I mean I would say you know with the exception of Jason Todd. I would say every single Robin has, by the time they go out and by the time they do what they are doing, has been trained uh, more than well enough um, to uh, to handle what's getting thrown at them. Um, and to the point that, you know, the thing is, the you know, this question that will always already been answered for us because a lot of the Robins uh, have turned into self-sufficient heroes on their own. Uh, heroes that in some ways are as big as Batman. So, for example, the Teen Titans does not exist without Dick Grayson. It just doesn't. Um, and, you know, and everything that happens around the Teen Titans doesn't exist without Dick Grayson. And the only reason Dick Grayson is able to pull that off, you know, and it takes him a long time to admit this, uh, but the only reason he, he's able to pull that off is because of what he's seen and what he's learned from Batman as a leader. Um and then later on, Teen Titans don't exist about Tim Drake, you know. And of course, now we got Damian Wayne leading the Teen Titans. That's a whole different issue. <laughs> but um, but to me, all the Robins exist, um, and and their their purpose and and what they what they add to the mythos is this extension of Batman as family, where it's not just Batman as family is okay. Now we're gonna go up and beat up criminals. Batman and family means more. It's this place where those who have experienced pretty much extreme trauma uh, can find a place and can find a purpose. Um, you know, and and right, and at, at this point, you know, at this point in 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 where we're at, unless they retcon a lot of stuff, every single Robin and every single um, part of the Batman family, the one exception would be. 
uh, Batwing, but every single other one of the one of them uh, that's part of the Bat family has experienced profound trauma, where it's a loss of parents, whether it's uh, having been paralyzed at some point uh, by the Joker, <laughs> whether it's uh, you know uh, being trained as an assassin and not even knowing how to talk uh, until you are in your teens. Um, whether it's having been trained by an assassin and your mother attempted to kill you. Uh, I mean, just profound trauma. And all those characters find purpose within what they did with Robin. And so I think the, the reverse question would be, like, you know, if Batman didn't exist, what would these characters end up as? You know, and I think there's, particularly with Jason Todd and Damien and Cassandra Cain, the, the answer would probably be, you know, villains. I mean, they, they'd be... They, Jason Todd would get involved in street rackets. Damian Wayne would be an assassin. Cassandra Kane would be an assassin, and uh, you know, and that would be that. That'd be what they were, and uh, you know, and, and that's so. I mean, that's that's the power of being part of the Bat family. Uh, so, so no, I, I don't. I don't think it's overtly reckless. Uh, you know, I think it's. Uh, I think it's a. Um, I think it's a powerful uh, vision of of acceptance and of uh, finding your purpose, which is what Batman is in general. You said you were gonna come back to Tim Drake. You oh well, so yeah, well, so Tim Tim Drake's the one Batman, or the one Batman, the one Robin. That's a little different because he's the only Robin at the time. Um, you know, uh, pre uh, pre Brad Melcher uh, at the time that. Um, as a Robin by, by choice isn't the right word, but anyway, he, he figures out who bat, what Batman's identity is. And, um, he goes up to Batman and basically explains to Batman why Batman needs a Robin. Um, and his, his idea, um, <laughs> his idea is basically, uh, based upon the idea that the higher ups at DC had realized that they had killed off Jason Todd recklessly and they, they need a character for Batman to play off of. So Tim Drake's idea is that, you know, when you have a Robin by your side, you are more thoughtful because you're not only thinking about your life, but you're thinking about another life as well. Um, th- that concept has honestly kind of been erased ever since, <laughs> since that, because I think it's a, I think it's a flawed, flawed concept, but, um, but that's, but that's Tim Drake's uh, philosophy. And that's, so yeah, but he he's the, he's the one outlier until 2005 and identity crisis when uh, Brad Meltrez Captain Boomerang kill his parents. So then he then he's an orphan as well. So you know, yeah, Lord. So but anyway, but yeah, that, that that's that's the different. That Tim Drake gets the the different Robin, and in a lot of ways that's that's why he's a lot of people's favorite Robin, because at this point Dick Grayson's more Nightwing. Jason Todd's definitely more Red Hood. Damien's kind of just Damien, you know. Oh. Tim Drake's really, really a lot of people's Robin, um, because he's he's the one that actively chose and said, "I want to be Robin." So yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Ziba, have any closing remarks? I don't believe so. Um, overall, Josh, great job. You know, you handled handled a lot of the 
the hot topic issues I feel like um, Batman and Batman fans kind of face and are inundated with um, a lot of the time, uh, from why he doesn't kill Joker to to why you know he supposedly puts um, kids in harm's way, or if he does actually put kids in harm's way. Um, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, you did a great job. You're very eloquent with kind of answering th- these things on your feet. So yeah. You did a very good job defending our boy Batman, so. Yeah. Years of practice. Yeah, exactly. Years of practice, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I forgot. I did forget to mention this ahead of time. Uh, Josh had, uh, most people probably got this, but Josh had no idea what questions were coming or anything like that. No, that's kind of the the point of the series is Mm -hmm. to catch people off guard, you Mm -hmm. know. So. Which is going to be really interesting whenever we start choosing uh, uh, characters for people. Yeah. So so yeah, I'll uh, uh, so yeah, I'll explain this. The we're going to do a run through. Uh, so this first run through, the characters are chosen by the people that are defending them. Uh, so uh, so after you uh, you can look forward uh, Al next week and we'll reveal his character next week. But he's chosen that character. But after we get done with this run through. Uh, the character is going to be chosen for them, so they'll, you know, they'll sit down. They'll have to answer questions uh, about a character uh, that we know they love, but uh, they won't know what characters they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. All right, Jenny, uh, any closing remarks? Uh, no, I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot about Batman. Yeah, and 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 absolutely, and I, and I hope that you know these. I know that the we we've already discussed the different characters that we were choosing for ourselves. Um, you know, of course, Josh, Josh is me and Batman. You know, and Alice is up next week, and then I believe Jenny after that, and then me, uh, closing it out. You know, all these characters that we're choosing are very near and dear dear to us, um, and 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 they're because they really do mean something special to us. And we hope that throughout either either a hearing brand new things about a character that you've maybe never even heard of, let alone a character that you know you heard of and saw, but you didn't really understand them entirely or didn't hear enough about. Um, maybe even a character that you may not even enjoyed until you heard it from a different perspective or a different uh, interpretation. You know, we we hope that you all. Um, do try to keep an open mind and that you do find out something new about the character. Um, so, yeah. Well, if no one else has anything uh, else to say about this one, um, we're just going to go ahead and remind everyone um, once again about our fantastic uh, art, artistic uh, assistance from Wes Allen, Johnny Marvel, Andrew Bueller uh, that has come throughout the fan and correspondence years. Um, and then, of course, about our fantastic uh, Patreon supporters. And if you guys would like to uh, go and support us, we would love to see you all on there. Um, and if you would like to possibly even uh, get some input into some of our future podcasts or future streams, we'd love to see you all on there as well. It says patreon.com. I think, I think it's just the fandom correspondence. You know, So we would love to see you all on there. Uh, and as always, we're going to remind you that fandom is truly for everyone. Thank you guys so much. Y'all have a good night.